Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FAM, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and I am joined today, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, FAM? What's up? What's up, everybody? Hello. Hey, hey, how's it going? Thanks for calling me Peaky Peekerson, Caroline. Just because I'm having a little issue with my microphone being possessed by some type of demon, uh, I think I think it's reacting with such sporadic vigor as we are uh, because of the recent announcements that have been made at the game. But besides my mic having a mind of its own, how was everyone else doing? How was your week in magic? How are things going? Sean, I'll start with you. Hey, I'm Sean. Um, so... <laughs> I played the Arena Open, which was not very great, but had a lot of fun doing it because I think like eight of us were hanging out in our Discord all day, just like talking and shooting the Oko with each other and like hanging out. And that was a lot of fun. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't make it. I had two runs where I got six wins before I got my third loss. So that was kind of unfortunate. It was very close two different times. And then other than that, I've been playing standard since we had a pretty big shakeup this week. I've been playing Team Adventures, Blue White with Planar Cleansing. Is it Phoenix? So getting to play a lot of exciting things right now. Uh, actually kind of enjoying standard, which is something I haven't said in a long time. So it's kind of refreshing. Refreshing, I think, is is a good word for it. Absolutely. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to there's a lot we'll discuss, I think, a little bit later on in the podcast about that. But there's been many adjectives about it. Uh about the the recent developments and so far most of them have been positive i'd say the vast majority have been positive and caroline uh when it comes to your past week in magic uh was it mostly a positive sort of thing that you had or uh was it just a just an absolute pile of crap uh actually yeah i did have a pretty positive last week in magic we recorded last tuesday we talked a lot about historic we kind of prepped both ourselves and any of our tens of listeners uh for historic and for the most part, I think we were pretty accurate. Uh, day one felt like a thing where you could do whatever you wanted and things had to just shake your way. And then day two, I will say I did not play as much teamer against as much teamer as I thought on day two. But something else I did that we didn't talk about because I actually had dismissed it entirely. Some forgetfulness and some like confusion. Gen Con happened this past weekend, which I knew about it. It was on my radar. I'd done some research in, into the events and what they were doing was they were hosting these little prelims, sort of like SCGs or star, uh, CFB has done as well. Like you have to go 4 or better and then you take that qualification and you play something else. Uh, so I'd done some research and if you go 4 or better, you actually got to play not just in their cool Sunday event, which was had more prizes and such, uh, but you also got to qualify for the September qualifying weekend, which we're just going to refer to from here on out as skip the ladder. Basically, if you went for or better, you get to skip the ladder. And it was about Wednesday or even maybe in Thursday morning that I really started to grasp what that meant. And I realized I was like, I am not going to make the ladder this month. Like it, this was end of basically the end of the ladder. I was in percentile zone. Like there was just no way. So I decided I looked up a, a historic event midday Thursday. I took off work a little bit early and I just fired it out. And while I was figuring out how to register, it took me about a PhD amount of learning. Oh, man. <laughs> so bad. And, and I checked all the, the skill checks. There was about five of them. Uh, once I got through that whole mission and then I got to climb up the mountain. No, I'm just kidding. The joke is it was an extremely complicated event to qualify for. Or sorry. Nope to register for they actually changed it from when i had this information so when it was 40 on the, the websites and 40 in all the data i had mined it was actually 3-1 they changed it like midweek last week to say if you go 3-1 or better you qualify for the sunday event and skip the ladder and so i just started blasting to everybody i know i was like everybody get in these events 3-1 is great. Like that is a reasonable thing you can you can try to do. If you can't do it, it's fine. But that is something you're like, I get three wins and one losses. I can achieve that. And so I was messaging a ton of people, which I regretted instantaneously because then I had to tell people how to actually register. And I'm not exaggerating. Like it was seriously, I could write a whole podcast on how I registered for Gen Con. I was legitimately thinking about recording a YouTube video for no purpose, just the fact that it'd be funny. And that's why I regretted it because everyone's like, how do you do this? I can't find this. I can't find blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I figured it out. 
Teferi. Call you all. <laughs> Caroline! God damn it, Caroline! I bet, I bet. Anyway, so I did, I, I played one event, I did manage to, to get the 3-1, I actually got the 3-0 into the 0-1. Um, so that was super cool. I, I Thursday, like, I was in the middle of match three, and I was like, I get to skip the ladder, just win, just hold, hold. And I was like playing goblins or something. So I was like, please, please, please. And I was so excited. I've, I've never been so excited in my life. And then fast forward to the arena open. I made day two and got five wins on day two, which is not thousands of dollars, unfortunately. It is 20,000 gems. And it's also a qualification for the September qualifying weekend, which means somehow in four days, I went from hating the ladder to skipping it twice hopefully i can stack them but i probably or bank them but i probably can't i'm just looking but. forward to your college dissertation on how to qualify for these types of things because it's got to be it's got to be like a podcast that will title like something you would have for a college thing so it would be like embodying aesthetics of coded of coded pluralities of card games or how to how to just register for this freaking tournament serious oh my gosh i i don't want to go into it but it was outrageous just i did have a question though I I registered for one and then had I played a second one and forgot how to do it for the second tournament and it was still a pain in the butt the second time I did it. What was your question, Conan? So Caroline said that she got five wins and won twenty thousand gems. Yeah. How many Sean dollars is that? Or or <laughs> smolarinos or uh, I don't know what what currency are we using now? <laughs> That's equivalent to fourteen Sean dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, like 400 smackaroos. Nice. Yeah, it's at least 400 smackaroos. That's 14 Sean dollars. I didn't get the call back until now. The smackaroos got me back. But it's 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 only 14 Sean dollars because specifically in Minnesota, the barometric pressure hit a certain amount right there that is conversely affected by the phases of the moon. Yeah, the Sean dollars is kind of weak right now, honestly. You're better just transferring to dollarinos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 a very complicated uh, situation there. It's and don't even get me started on Brasky Buccarinos. Um, <laughs> they're basic. I mean, those those are basically just like uh, family fun center tokens that you play at a, at a at a coin at a coin operated like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So I'm looking forward to at the very least uh, talking about both our collegiate papers, but our discussion on currency. So I believe that one uh, is called uh, Decent decentralizing currency structures as uh, sites of resistance for new media for new media as forms of erasure uh, is what is what that one's going to be called i think it's going to be very very interesting it's going to be a seven hour podcast uh it's going to be very long-winded no breaks whatsoever and uh it's i, I just think we're going to be working on that paper for so long that i'm thinking that podcast is probably going to come out i think like episode 207 <laughs> if we make it there we're working out longer than this joke has been going on for. Yeah, pretty much. That's my hope with that one, is just to keep rolling with that joke until someone was just going to interrupt me and take it over. Do you get, like, paid per by the syllable or something? Like, some of the words that you spout out have heck of a... It's very Brandon of you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Brasky and Brandon just spout big words at each other. Brasky is a callback. We were in our meeting, and Brandon decided to use the word effervescent for some reason. It wasn't I don't think he decided to use it. He, he thought about it for, like, I'm not kidding you, like a minute. No, it wasn't like, a minute. I can't like think of a word. Seconds, yeah. It was so long. He was just like, it's, um, uh, let me think, uh, and then he didn't even agree that that was the definition he was thinking of. <laughs> you know, maybe you're you not going to know it, but at random points, I'm going to stick in as many polysyllabic words in this cast as, as possible. All right. I know the meaning of that one. See, there you go. Yeah. That's my I first polysyllabic multiple word. syllables. Very good. And yeah. I, I, I think as we can thinking things. I think as we continue on with this discussion about how uh, how our week of magic went, uh, there's both that discussion of how our, our week of magic went, but there's also sort of a an intersectional framework, if you will, about uh, what just happened recently throughout this entire week. But to add on just briefly before we kind of talk about the big news of the week is that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed kind of keeping up with everybody on the team about how they were doing in the historic weekend, whether they were like in voice chat and ch talking about how things were going or following folks on Twitter or just seeing how everything was, was playing out. I had a blast doing that. And plus uh, it gave me a chance as well, just to jump into voice chat every so often and just try to 
lighten the mood a little bit if things were getting a little tense or if people were stressed out. So at random points into the team chat, I would just jump in and someone would be like, oh God, these freaking auras and all this stuff. And then I'd jump in and be like, guys, don't worry. Highlander Hunter is really good right now. And then jump back out. And then I would jump back in and be like, guys, Heimervai, that's the way to go. Let's do this. Yeah. Heimervai's nice. <laughs> but that was, it, it was great just to jump in. And I will say just being in, even if it was a chat room of a bunch of people playing magic doing different things and just chatting back and forth with each other. It did get me back to what Caroline often talks about. And that is the gathering part of the game, right? It was just nice to just to be in our, even if someone was, was running bad and having a, having a sh time, I think it was people, even as I was playing the game and not even in the arena, I was just having a bad time on ladder. It was less of a bad time because I had people around me, uh, helping me. Like I was, I would certainly be on tilt, but my tilt wasn't nearly as bad because I had other people to commiserate in my tilt with, right? I think the most fun we had on Saturday was when I was playing against a Boros control deck that was ramping out uh, Ugans and Ulamogs against me, and they won because they Ulamogged my Ulamog, and it was just like a, it was just ridiculous as to what was going on. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, and then I, my highlight, Sean, if I can call you out just for a little bit, yeah, for is sure. is you playing? I want to say it was a, a blue white. It was some type. Oh, it was some type of auras deck. And as we were watching yeah. it, it was either black white or blue white. But as we were watching you play the auras deck, at some point we went, "Wait, Sean, did you forget to set your companion from the sideboard?" And everyone just went, "Oh, sh Luris. And you're just like, "Oh God, oh come on." <laughs> and then and then we started getting into a an actual discussion. I'd be like, "Wait, no, does that benefit him?" Does that mean that his opponent doesn't know that he has that hit card in his sideboard and then he's not actually playing the Aura's deck? Like, is this yeah. like a sneak attack, third brain, N plus one move right there? We're like, no, no, he just forgot to set a companion. <laughs> no, he's just an idiot. It's okay. <laughs> I guess if we're sharing favorite moments, um, and just to clarify with, you know, with what we're talking about, we have a Discord uh, channel with all, you know, Team Sugoi stuff. And what was common was... Someone would play their rounds, like Brandon would be playing, and he would mute and deafen and just focus on playing his match, but he'd share his screen. So what, I went into the call once, and it was myself, Sean, and Eric, and we're watching Brandon play his run. So he can't hear us, and he keeps his hand. His hand is five lands, two oh, growth spirals. And his lands were a combination of tap lands or check lands and a fable passage and all of this stuff which resulted in him not being able to cast any growth spiral on turn two. So we're, we're debating about the hand. We're like, I don't think we should keep this as kind of rough. Maybe it's okay. I don't know how powerful. And, and this is against game three against goblins. So like the hand is poop, but maybe you're supposed to keep it. So he, he, he snap keeps and we're like discussing and we're like, Oh no, no. Anyway. So he, he's on the draw and on his first draw of the game, he just freaking rips forest which unlocks his whole hand. Now all of his lands are fine in some capacity. Uh, his growth spirals are going to be great. Everything's fine. And we're just like, oh my gosh, Brandon, you're so lucky. This is outrageous. And then this doesn't even stop. The next turn he rips uh, Magma Quake. So now he has a sweeper. So now he's like at least set for that. Uh, the turn after he just rips the Reclamation. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, it's just game over. Like it was just... It was absolutely outrageous just how his hand went from being <laughs> cauldron familiar to actually <laughs> and we're losing our like just minds. Like you, you forgot one extra thing, by the way. His oh, what I forgot! Like the worst Muxus in the oh. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they powered out a Muxus, sacked their whole board, put Muxus into play, and at the end of all the stages there was a Muxus in play. Yeah. And that was it. Nothing else. <laughs> Literally did nothing. Check my board so four, four. Go ahead. <laughs> like, what? And, and that was like, we like I think the memory to me was so special because it was the three of us. Like, we're, we love our teammate, Brandon. He's great. We're not making fun of him. We're just like enjoying this very comical best draws in his life game that we're just watching. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I, sure. if Brandon would describe it, I think he would say that he was activating the pluralities of uh, the constellations of card games and luck, uh, is what he was is what he would be t talking about with that.
Yeah. yeah, he definitely specked into luck that morning. That's for sure. <laughs> Rasky, I, I guess your your written script of this podcast must be a lot longer than usual. Yeah, no, it it took me forever to actually write out this thing, and I hand wrote it too, and I tried to oh, like man. scan it into. It's been it's taking me forever for this thing, but you know, I had a lot uh, a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't playing in the historic arena open. I had an inkling. I had gotten I had returned from seeing relatives uh, in a very socially distanced way, and returned. And after a few beverages, I looked at Arena and said, should I, should I? And instead, uh, I took my $25 in gems and instead ordered late night pizza and uh, enjoyed that while I kind of recapped and played, uh, well, I played Brawl is what I did. The real competitive format. That's the real, that's the real good EV. Yeah, only us true, only us true grinders know how to play that game. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Turn your money into pizza. (laughs) Those are the real Sean Buckaroos. I used to have a friend that I used to play poker with, and he had a really hard time with, like, managing his money. So we've tried to, like, help him with that, right? So one of the tricks that we actually got him to do was the McDonald's dollar menu. He loved the McDonald's dollar menu. So we were just like, hey, that dollar is a double cheeseburger. So what you have to do, right? Because I think the dollar cheeseburger, double cheeseburger was like a dollar. So maybe it was a McDouble or something like that. But it was like, they were like a dollar. So then he was like, every chip is a is a McDouble, right? And then he'd be like, oh, I don't want to bet like five doubles on this. <laughs> you know, or like whatever, when he's playing like limit, he's playing like limit hold them. He's like, oh, shoot, that's like six McDoubles. It's like, I can't do it. I, I, <laughs> so you just got really good with money when we just told him it was like food. Yeah, I do this. Uh, that he liked. I do the same thing now, but I just convert everything to Sean Buccarinos. But it's really hard to keep track of the currency. <laughs> so it's like, God, I lost half a Sean Buccarino. Now I can't pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, we've really gotten off track this time. Yeah, we've ta- yeah. we've taken a turn all over the place because, well. Up, oh, up is down. Up we've is taken down. a team or adventure oh. on this podcast. We've <laughs> gone. We've gone for a bit of an adventure. We are currently. What the hell? Spoilers. <laughs> don't worry. That's don't worry. We'll, back, we'll, we'll just pack a food and get back on track. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. Totally fine. Get back on the trail. Our. Our, our, our show notes are currently in exile right now because we need to find ourselves to get back on this board, but. The reason why we mentioned that is because, well, there's been a few things that happened in the news. And uh, Mr. Conan Hawk is going to, not Mr. Toolshed, Mr. Conan Hawk. It's like a combination of Mr. Conan Hawk and Mr. Toolshed and Conan Hawk. But this time, just Eric Hawkins is going to give us the rundown of uh, a few things that happened around in the news, some upcoming events, but also just some of the minor announcements that have happened in the game of Magic the Gathering over the last few days. Da-da! News with Eric. (laughs) Nice. All right. So since we were just talking about historic, um, one of the very exciting things that is coming soon, we are getting Amonkhet remastered. There is a really, really cool article up on the Wizards website, which uh, you can find where where, it says where you can find the Amonkhet remastered previews. Destructoid and Eurogamer on August 10th. August 11th is comicbook.com and Degeki online. And then August 12th is CBR and Forbes. So definitely check those out if you're interested. It looks like Amonkhet Remastered is going to be 338 total cards from Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation. And it'll be obtainable in booster drafts, limited events, sealed and draft, and also through crafting. And it is a focus on creating an interesting and repeatable limited player experience, providing support for historic and eventually pioneer constructed formats. And then that will be available on August 13th. So definitely check that out. Our next event that we have, uh, our first event up, I should say, is going on currently, and that is the Mana Traders monthly event. This month, it's Legacy, uh, and that will be going on from now until August 25th. And then on August 29th, that will be the the date for the uh, for the Swiss event, for the, for the tournament, essentially. So you have until from now until the 25th to get your win percentage um if you play exactly 10 matches it'll be 70 percent. then it goes like 65 60 and so on and so forth um until you can qualify you can play as many matches as you need if uh if that warrants it and then uh you get to play the swiss on the 29th so definitely check that out for sure if you're a fan of legacy or just fan of playing magic online uh we're also doing the scg tour online championships qualifier number four that'll be happening this saturday there's going to be events all week uh so check out mtg melee under the Star City tab, and they'll have events uh, to qualify you for the championship qualifier. 
Um, so that it's going to be sweet. So check that out. Uh, Red Bull Untapped Invitational Qualifier Number Four. I'm not sure how many qualifiers there are. I think there's like a million. But not only is there a million qualifiers, there'll be like a million people in this event. So if you are awake at 6 a.m. on Saturday Central Standard Time, then you can play in the Red Bull Untapped Invitational Qualifier Number Four. If you get first place, you get qualified. If you get top eight, you do get prizes. But there will be uh, fair warning: there will be a lot of people playing. And then the final event that we have to talk about is on Saturday uh, as well at noon, and that's the MTG Arena Zone Historic Open, which is the uh, which is a subreddit tournament number thirteen. So uh, if you're a fan of Historic, uh, check out that. And they'll tell you how you can play in that tournament. I believe you just have to be part of their their group there. And then finally, the big news for this week that we've all been hinting at: uh, the banned and restricted announcement. What's up, Sean? There's a huge, huge news this week. So I'm just going to quickly run through the cards that are banned and then we will, you know, a nice segue into the next set or in the next section here. It's going to take uh, but, a second. There's so many. Yeah, there is a lot of cards. So if you're a fan of standard wilderness reclamation, growth spiral has been the talk of the town. Those are gone along with Teferi time raveler and cauldron familiar in pioneer. Most of the combo decks are, are banned now uh, with Inverter of Truth, Kethis the Hidden Hand, Walking Ballista, and Underworld Breach all getting banned. In Historic, the format we were just talking about, Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi Time Raveler have both been suspended. And in Brasky's favorite format in Brawl, Teferi Time Raveler has been banned. Uh, that was all effective on Monday, which is a something that has changed. Uh, they basically gave us no warning, which was pretty cool. And, and then they just banned them later that day, which was also pretty awesome. Uh, in my opinion, obviously, other people have different opinions, but I think that is very cool. Yeah, we call this in, uh, in, in the kids these days, if the kids these days were talking about these bands, I think all that they said was basically they just went, hey, wow, Watsy off the top freaking rope with the bands. <laughs> like they basically came out and said, hey, all that stuff you hate in standard, it's gone. Pioneer combo is banned it's like oh are these cards banned no combo combo is banned that is what is happening historic it's suspended because we don't want to give you more wild cards and then brawl to fairies gone because well that was the problem not div misit reborn never mind well no no one's here to listen to my my brawl meta my my brawl meta analysis as well to be fair you did get the wild cards from the bannings in standard because they were banned in standard and suspended in historic um, but I will say that one of the the great things about this ban is that they did talk in the Pioneer banning previously, or in the bannings previously, I should say. Uh, they unbanned uh, Oath of Nyssa last time, but they were like, we're keeping a close eye on combo decks. So combo decks kind of like watch out, we're like watching you. And then they were like, you know, and then they kind of came through on their, their threat to the combo decks. They were like, okay, you're too good. Like we watched you and now get out. <laughs> so like you know so I, I thought that was kind of cool that they kind of like went back to the the last the last uh banning announcement type of thing which was kind of cool yeah sean talk a little bit i know it's probably been a while since you've touched the pioneer format but you used to you know when i think of the three of us i i i most closely connect you with pioneer and so when you see a lot of these uh the, the hits on things like underworld breach and inverter of truth and kethis uh was did did you think that combo had the potential of just being so uh, disruptive, so so present in the format that it needed to be hit with a ban hammer this hard? Knowing that Pioneer is still something that they're still banning and unbanning stuff uh, as quickly as been. It's been a while since we heard anything really of this magnitude in Pioneer. There was a couple bans here and there, but what's your what's your thoughts so far? So if you can imagine me as a meme, I'm like rolling my Play-Doh snake now. Like this is my time to shine, right? If I had to play a Pioneer tournament a week ago, I would have been playing Inverter of Truth just because it was the best deck, best, you know, it's basically a control deck with a combo finish, everything. It checks a lot of boxes for me. Now that all the combo decks are banned, my blue-white decks get unlocked, and I'm just so excited. I think it's very healthy for the format. I think having combo decks like Inverter, Kethis, Walking Ballista, Heliod combos, I think that makes the format too closely associated to modern on power level where there were some turn three or four kills like with some of these decks and i think that having um these 
cards eliminated basically is very healthy for the format overall. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with you in terms of what the public perception has been of the format. And I, I think the most interesting thing there is they, they took a, a good chunk of their description there to remind people that this format isn't isn't set yet. You know, they said that, they, mm-hmm. that this is something that they were going to be making frequent and then infrequent bans and unbannings and changes and all of that kind of stuff. And so this, you know, banning of four cards was also like a reminder from them going, hey, and by the way, you know, this isn't, remember, this is not going to be a totally uncommon thing if we do think that the format itself needs these types of adjustments. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, it, it was kind of getting close to that borderline modern feel at some points, but Wizard stepped in like, look, we want it to have its own identity. Like, this is our own special child. Like, we don't want it to be in modern shadow. So um, definitely having these bands affect Pioneer, like, pretty quickly, honestly. Like, Pioneer's still a fairly new format. And then just kind of establishing like combo decks are just not going to be cool in this format. Like is a breath of fresh air from the wizard standpoint. I personally think. Well, I also think like one of the big things is, is that the combos that they actually got rid of are really hard to interact with. Yeah, right? it's also true. Like that, like the Kethis thing has like Teferi Time Raveler. So you literally just can't interact with it when it's going off. The Inverter of Truths gets to play a very good control deck, which is like they get cards like Thoughtseize to take up cards out of your opponent's hand. They got like removal spells and then they can like refill with Dig Through Time to find their combo piece once they've like kind of established a winning, like a, like a, like it's like not like a necessarily like a not losing board state or take down your defenses with like things like Thoughtseize and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like Underworld Breach was just a crazy fast combo deck but also very, very resilient and very, very, like, redundant. And then finally, the walking ballista thing. It just, like, you had to have, like, the perfect combination of, like, ways to remove that combo because it was, they could just, like, if the more mana that they had, the more that they could just do it at instant speed all over mm-hmm. again, right? So, like, like unless you could counter, like, the walking ballista or whatever, it was, like, really hard to interact with. So I think combo decks are fine, but they can't be combo decks that are, like, way too resilient right sure it's sure, like sure. it's like like for instance if your combo like folds to like a removal spell okay whatever that's fine if your combo deck folds to like graveyard hate that's also fine but if your combo just kind of like laughs at those things like if like at kethis you're like well i had a rest in peace but they bounced it with teferi and then i couldn't cast any spells it's like well all right well like i did the best i could but i in the end it wasn't good enough sure 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 yeah i mean <clears throat> it's kind of interesting to see where pioneer is going to be heading in the near future i don't know if control decks are going to be good or not but i mean i hope they will but i have a sneaking suspicion the soul tide decks which i know caroline had played recently might be better than they were before because now they don't have to worry about the combo decks so they can play that over the top like emrakul game so i'm not really sure where the format's going to go but it's possible that becomes one of the best contenders or maybe the mono red luris deck or something like that i don't know yeah Car- I've heard good things about the niv mizzet deck by the yeah. way caroline when you look at uh, pioneer and some of the adjustments that have been made there some pretty big hits on combo and everything else that goes down what's your when you see the amount of action that they took and you also see you know the fact that they said this that it was intended like we are like we understand this is a big thing and that was what we wanted to do uh what what do you what's your opinions on what you saw out of pioneer uh so i think there's a couple things to note you know it it was tough for them to really come out and say it but pioneer sucked like there were multiple multiple weekends in a row where the challenges didn't fire which is you know a standard not a standard but you know what i mean a typical tournament on the weekend that would require 64 people to play and they just weren't firing they moved them to 32 and so they are they were firing but that's not really a solution like just reducing the amount of people that have to show up does not mean your format's thriving uh i think there was a ton of hype for the the structure and the format back in january and it just really fell off this is a way to fix that it is not the only way and they might not be done <laughs> but it is a way uh it sent a very clear message that said hey we don't want combos in our format i don't know if that's really going to be feasible going forward are they just going to pre-ban any card that they print in some of that initial sorry that allows for some sort of combo um like kethys is a really great example of that that card hadn't put up a standing in any his in any uh pioneer tournament ever (laughs) but here we are i think the misses for me are walking ballista i felt that that card was associated with the heliod combo as eric explained 
but I do not believe it is the card that they should have banned. Um, I also don't agree with Eric's take that uh, it was too hard to interact with. I think forcing them to need more mana to do their combo, I think is a reasonable thing. Like they can't just put down the ballista with two counters and win if you have removal. And I think that that's fine. And I actually really don't think that that deck was that insane to interact with. I will say the Sultai deck has been fun. I'm glad we've been set free. <laughs> Fairness is back in the format. Uh, however, <laughs> combo is not dead. Uh, I played a prelim last night, so a four-round event, and I played against. I played against it once, and my friend played against it as well. And that is the breachless breach deck, uh, or the lotus field deck, whatever you want to call it. it. Is the shell and combo of cards that were in the breach deck, without the card breach. So it does all the same things, except instead of using your graveyard to finish out the game, uh, they use other things like Omniscience, Enter the Infinite, Niv the the six mana Niv-Mizzet. Uh, that's a great way to kill. Uh, I've seen just simpler ways of just casting Ugin out of nowhere, Chandra out of nowhere. Like, it, it it's not dead, is the long story short. All the pieces still exist. It is still able to untap Lotus Fields over and over again, and then they have not figured out what's the most optimal thing to do with it, but it is still a huge contender in the format. I saw it 5-0, uh, the prelim I was in last night uh, with my round one opponent, actually. And I saw my friend also streaming it. So it it's combo is still there. It might be how they hmm. want the combo to be. I don't know, but it's definitely still there. Without Breach, what are they fueling their... What is keeping them going? Because before, Breach was how they kept going, essentially, and like won the well, game. Their strategy isn't to go forever anymore. Their strategy okay. is to pour over the pages twice, have eight mana, and cast an Ugin, or like six Oh, mana. okay, got it. Uh, so or they're like Combotron. They're just like, like turtle for a bunch, waste a bunch of your time, and then end the turn with a big threat that you can't deal with. But it's, it's a pioneer, so you can deal with it. So it's like sort of interesting. I, I watched a game where... Matt Nass's opponent played multiple Ugans and a Chandra and still lost. Though Emmercool is a big part of that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It was like pretty interesting. I Emmercooled my opponent. I uh, had a blast. I, I just used all the spells in their hand until they were left with eight lands and then I passed the turn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not scared. I'm not saying that, oh my God, Lotus Breach is going to ruin Pioneer, etc. If I listen to the nearest tinfoil hat person next to me, their theory is that Uro is going to ruin the format. Um, I would believe that. It's believable, but I haven't seen it yet. I He just played against Uro a couple times. It was salty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you Uro's really good in your Sultai deck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I like Uro. I, I mean, Uro, Uro with, like, Seder Wayfinder is just so fast. Like, I you just, know. like, like if you're, like, a red deck and your opponent's just, like, Fatal Push your creature, play Seder Wayfinder, block your creature, cast Uro, like, a turn two later. It's like, oh, well, oh, yeah, I just, thank God I have these burn spells. Well, <laughs> like, guess, guess I'll die now. Yeah. What are you at? 23, huh? Uh, I got 10. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. And the other thing that I enjoyed from, at least from the state of the game thing, Eric, that you referred to earlier, is that for the second time, they've also reminded folks that, oh, yeah, and Pioneer is coming to Arena yes. eventually. Is kind of what they said, you know, when they released Diamond Cat. It's like, this is going to be great for Historic and also Pioneer. Don't forget about that. We're not announcing anything, but we've announced it. You know, they keep well, I mean, they keep floating that of, bias. One of the hard things is, like, if everybody remembers from the Jumpstart cards, they had some troubles programming some of the cards, right? Pioneer is a huge thing, so there might just be some troubles. I mean, like, that might be one of the hangups, right? It's like, maybe there's a card in Pioneer. I can't think of one right now where they're just like, it's hard to program this card, and I don't, we don't know how to do it. And, like, the AI can't figure it out, you know? I, and then, like, that you can't really be like, well, it's Pioneer except for, like, these 100-ish cards or something, you know? Yeah, I don't I mean, know what the number would be. Yeah, doing that with Almonkhet. Yeah. yeah. I, well, Almonkhet was on Arena before. No, but they're they're not bringing back every Almonkhet card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the AI can handle Almonkhet cards because the AI was there before and all the Amakai cards are there before yeah they even showcased how they've like updated the visuals of some of the mythics and all that kind of stuff i, I do wonder if the there isn't if that shift to adding pioneer was uh something that is that's been pushed in the last several months or so particularly for the fact i mean caroline you mentioned it that pioneer 
was kind of floundering a little bit, one, because of the meta, but two, I, I do also think because Pioneer is really a, a, a paper magic or, or a moto style format, and it's relatively new. And to have a re- relatively new format, one, be hit by uh, COVID, but also be hit by a bad meta, meta kind of is a one-two punch on it. So I do, perhaps that there is uh, internally amongst uh, the Watsi <laughs> staff, uh, a push to kind of say, hey, you know, we made Pioneer, we announced this format, we made this whole format. Yeah, let's make some bands, but also it's probably for the best health of that format if we can get it on our most widely used platform as well. Um, I'm not sure. I can just picture Watsy like just with the paddles. They're just like, all right, we got to bring some life back to Pioneer. The clear, and it's like fall 2020 Pioneer. But with each with each paddle, it's a different set. It's like clear, Amonkhet. All right, clear, Eldrazi. And it's just like each pump is just a different set that kind of. Yeah, exactly. Well, we looked at, we looked and kind of dug into Pioneer and before we get into standard, you know, we all just got done kind of checking out historic and doing the historic open uh, and looking at what that was. And so we saw the suspension of Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi Time Raveler. So first, uh, I'm just going to get my salt out of the way. As I said, Nexus of Fate did nothing wrong. They should unban it, bring it back. And that is, I'm always going to stick to that feeling. But those were definitely two cards that were vastly affecting the metagame. The... I think the thing that surprised people the most from those bannings was probably the lack of ban for a certain car- card called Field of the Dead. And so that was kind of uh, the one thing that's like, great, these two are awesome, but there's also this this kind of card that makes every land you play have value for the rest of the game. Uh, what, what are the thoughts that we have on the historic bannings, the historic adjustments, both of Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi, but also the fact that things like Field of the Dead stuck around. Caroline, what are, what are you thinking? Moxus. <laughs> Great. Oh thank, thank you. Okay, Eric, how are you feeling? <laughs> I will Mike be out drop. here getting Moxus banned. I'll see you in a couple months. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Caroline is on historic vacation. <laughs> well, I am because I don't have to do the ladder. Hey, woo. Oh, close. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I am also, I'm like, I'm in favor of the the bannings they made i'm not really sure how feel the dead really if it should be banned or not i feel like there's like a lot of ways that you can beat it i i think it does hold down control decks but maybe it's on the control decks to figure out another way to win but i don't know i i think the big thing is is for me personally it, it feels like these bands are positive for people that play historic but i feel like they they the historic open has happened, right? The the arena ha- open has happened, and then now I feel like I'm like in a holding pattern, waiting for Amonkhet. Like I'm like I, like a, a lot of the excitement has kind of died for me because I'm just like, well, I could just like play this format and try to figure it out. By the time I figure it out, Amonkhet will be out, and then I have to figure it out again. So I'm just gonna like wait. But I think I think like if you are not a fan of the non field ban, I think it's because you probably just like want to play. You want to be what we always make fun of Sean for, which is just like play your five mana to fairies and and be really happy and then all of a sudden you're like well i can't counter a land drop how do i counter a land drop <laughs> so, you know. where's armageddon when i need it I, I i can see where you're coming from on that eric but and to counter that or at least to uh, provide an alternating perspective of it was the fact i saw the historic open and in my mind before amonkhet came out i was like great i'm not touching historic until Amonkhet comes out because of Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi. And now yeah. when I saw those bands come out, on my end, I'm like, great. I will actually jump into Historic because there's something interesting. There's something new there before Amonkhet comes out. And for me, of course, that is playing Sultai Golos and, you know, playing a whole bunch of, you know, playing a couple of Eldrazi cards and doing some broken stuff that way. But yeah. it definitely was something was, I wasn't going to touch historic. And then when these bands comes out, the first thing, even with standard and the new wild cards and all that stuff, what's the first thing I did? Jumped in the historic actually. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think one of the things you could do, I, I don't know why I just thought of this, but like, if you did want to play the control deck, you could just play like, a, like they have crucible worlds, right? They oh, have, they have uh, field of ruin. They have ghost quarter. It's like, you could just do that. Like, that is something you could do is just essentially, like, you know, quote, like, wasteland lock your opponent. It's not a great thing, but if that's, like, if Field of Dead is, like, your only thing that you're worried about, you could definitely do that. And 
maybe that's all right. But I, I, I do like that, you know, like what you were saying is like, if you are excited for a historic, I'm not faulting you for being excited for a historic. It's just like me personally. Is uh, Crucible Worlds on a stick coming out in Amiket? Uh, Randynef Excavator? I mean, it hasn't been hasn't been spoiled or anything, but it was in Hour of Devastation. Nice. The thing I love about Historic is that I finally, I never got to experience Eldrazi, uh, Rise of the Eldrazi or Zendikar or any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, to It was a cold winter, Brass. Yeah, it was a cold winter from what I know of the uh, Eldrazi winter. So for me, it was just really fun of like jumping into the format and then at the end of it going, oh, that's what it likes. That's what it's like to play Ulamog. What? Yeah, that feels that feels good. What if, what if you played it on turn four uh, <laughs> or, or like you... three or something? Yeah, and I and believe me, I did. <laughs> yeah. I just can't play it on three. What was that? Yeah, what, what, what was that, Caroline? You can't play it on turn three. Get out. <laughs> no. Or you attack for like what was it? if you had the nut draw with the Eldrazi deck, you could attack for twenty on turn two or whatever. And oh yeah, yeah, that was the that was the modern one. So there yeah. was a card called Eye of Ugin. Which made all of your colorless creature spells cost two less, I think it is, or maybe it's just your Eldrazi colorless creature spells cost two less, something. But you could play this thing called Eldrazi Mimic, which is a two-one. But Eldrazi Mimic has its clause, where it says like whenever an Eldrazi creature comes into play, it could copy that creature, or, like become a copy of that creature. So you could just like play like three of those on turn one. I'm gonna right? give you a B minus on explaining what Eldrazi Mimic did. That's what okay. it did. I it mean, that's basically what it does. It becomes it a became, copy of that creature. No, it became power. Oh, and sorry, it becomes power. power and toughness. Sorry. Yeah, that's all. It does. It doesn't power matter. Power and toughness. Yeah. And then, and then you could like play Eldrazi Temple, which makes two mana for an Eldrazi spell. And then you could discard this card called Simeon Spirit Guide, which makes a red mana. And then you could just play a five-five Haste Trampler on turn two. So you'd be like three Eldrazi Mimics go next turn. Play this five-five Trampler. By the way, all these are all five fives. Tag for twenty. Okay. Well, that was fun. Uh, should we play a second one, or do you just like want to sign the match slip and you know, go get coffee or something? Or yeah, <laughs> that's not how that goes. It it was it was okay. Attack for twenty. Cool. Do you want to play another game or where where are you going? Come where are you going? You want yeah. okay? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to sideboard in between these. Uh... <laughs> Hello. But Caroline is correct in in your grade level. That was a easily a B minus uh, effort on that one. Caroline, uh, if if from now on, I think if we need to give out grade levels for descriptions of cards going forward, I think that's important. We'll kind of we'll keep a GPA for folks of like, all nice. right, who who properly explains Walking Ballista now, and then sit there. I'll just bring like, up. I'll just bring up like uh, you know cards from Weatherlight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going back to our them. plus two plus two conversation. I want the original wording. Caroline, Caroline pulls out this huge book, going, "God damn it!" Like, I have a magic encyclopedia. Nice. Yeah, they have a magic encyclopedia. It's like, but it's like from it's probably say, Ice Age or something. Yeah. I can't remember when that when that the last set was in there. One thing I really liked about Eldrazi Winter was one of my favorite matches of all time was Ellis. I can't remember who LSV is playing, but I'm sure you guys remember the gut shot off the top match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> LSV is like playing for some match that matters or something like that. His opponent's at one life. And he just draws gut shot and gut shots his opponent to kill him. It was hilarious. Well, we don't have gut shot in any of the current formats that we were discussing. Well, at least not in historic, I should say. Uh, and it's not going to be in standard, but there were plenty of bands in standard, as Eric talked about. Wilderness Reclamation, Growth Spiral, Teferi, Cauldron Familiar got the X. That poor, poor kitty. I uh, got the axe from the band hammer as well. The axe from the band hammer. That's not a thing. Out of the oven and into the fire. <laughs> Wait, I saw a great photo today. I I don't know who sent it to me. I think it was Sean. But it was a picture of Teferi being like, this is not fair. I shouldn't be banned. I'm going to like, I don't know, exile you or something. And then there was a picture of Agent of Treachery that was just like, oh, I don't get it. You, t you said I could steal things. I don't understand. And then there was a photo of Reclamation or something being like, no, oh, it's Oko. Oh, oh, it's Oko. It's yeah, like that's bored. Bored. not my band. And then there's a photo of a cat on fire that goes, thank God that's over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those that don't think I have a sense of humor, I sent that photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I thought it was Sean. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't take credit for that. That was a good one. Great, though. Just the picture of the cat being, oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> it's yeah. So yeah. Contrary, contrary to the popular belief no amount of food sacrificing will bring that cat back 
<laughs> you just know, though, it's like this immortal cat that's just sitting there just going, please, just get, just take me out of this hell. Every I thought forever. I only had nine lives. There what was, was that, Binks? Like I, Binks signed from, a, uh... I signed a contract so I'd never die. <laughs> I never it. Is it Binks from... Um... Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus? Yeah. It's true. It's that cat. I think it definitely no, is. No, it's cat from like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Y'all are boomers. <laughs> <laughs> What was the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch? What was her cat's name? That's the cat. Salem. Yeah, yeah but, it looks exactly like Salem. But no, but does Salem does Salem die? Like Binks, like Zach, Binks literally gets run over by a car and he reinflates. Oh, because he's like cursed to never die. As which, cat. which also random side note tangent. There are so many kids who thought that's the way you could save your dead cat. <laughs> yes. Jeez, press. It, I, it needed to be said. It's like, oh, so that's how you do it. You just reinflate the cat. Oh, that's fine. I'm like, that is just. Mm. Oh, I thought it was run over by a car. Okay, that's what exactly about. right. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, well, the one thing we do know that was run over by a car was Teamer Reclamation. Uh, it was. It was. Oh yeah. It was taken out. It was taken to the shed and uh, and and no. no no it was brought to the farm. Yeah. No, it went to the farm. Yes. Oh, okay, good. I yeah. thought... You could have said it, it was brought to the Mr. Toolshed. <laughs> tool it was taken out what? to the tool shed. What, what, what do you mean brought to the shed? <laughs> it's, uh, it's my name. Take, I don't get it. Oh, taken, taken out to the shed is a, a here, our reference for the day. Taken out to the shed is a reference from... Oh, dang it. <laughs> Stop. I did what happened to things. But regardless, uh, Wilderness Reclamation did go to the farm where it can untamp all of the lands that it wants to now. Uh, and, and so we did see a, a significant format shakeup with this, I think. And we saw a lot of different cards banned in a lot of different ways. And I, I'm interested to get people's opinions on the four, ban the four cards that we banned uh, that, that we saw get thrown out, but also what the their impressions of the meta are like so far like what they've seen what they what they're feeling about it so far sean let's let's i want to start with you for a little bit what you thought about seeing teferi go but also seeing gross spiral and wilderness wreck it out of there too it's kind of like a good thing and a bad thing so if we if we rewind back to a few months ago what was going on before all yeah, this rewind, I get it. hullabaloo yeah rewind. <laughs> um yeah we, we couldn't re we couldn't rewind because yeah. Um, so if we go back to back in the day when people were just casting the Lucky Clovers and their adventure spells, um, that was like the thing to be doing, like, you know, six months ago or whatever. And then I don't know what changed. I don't know what set came out or oh what. Gosh. Just so you know, it was February. <laughs> it's like this year. Yeah, I said like six months ago, right? I, know, but I was just thinking about how long ago that was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, think forever. about this, right? Think about Arc Like Phoenix is still legal. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Somebody put testing. that on, the, on Twitter this morning, and like somebody instant responded, like, "Wasn't that card printed six years ago?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was printed when Faithless Looting was legal. Faithless Looting was banned like a, not even a year ago. <laughs> um, but yeah. So adventures are back and in full swing. We're all going on adventures. Hawks playing them. I played them. Caroline probably played them. I don't know what she's doing, but um, uh, did you not get the earlier memo? memo? Oko the ladder. Oh yeah, that's my bad. I forgot. The thing to be doing right now is adventures. Of course, I'm not going to be doing that. So I'm trying to play some Arclight Phoenix Brews and trying to find any deck where I don't have to play adventures. But my guess is it's just going to be adventures from here on out, at least for the foreseeable future. Kind of like, what's your opinion on some of the standard bannings that we saw, both from like Wilder, Wilderness Wreck and uh, you, you, as someone who is very. Uh, Maybe not enjoyed it a whole lot, but you were certainly well versed in the Jun Food deck to see Cauldron Familiar Band out of there as well. So I know this might be uh, a dissenting view from other people on this cast. I won't name names. I love the bands. I absolutely love everything about them. Uh, I thought Wilderness Reclamation Girl Spiral was great. I thought Teferi was also great. Uh, I know that some people don't really like the Flash style of strategies, and maybe they think like you know something like the Wolf is too good. Um, I'm being called out, and I haven't even said anything. <laughs> <laughs> you started before uh, on this podcast. I'm, to be I'm fair. just gonna let you all have your moment, and then cry in the corner when people counter my spells with rewind. But whatever, if you want to start a fight, let's go. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna start a fight. I'm just saying, for some reason, but like you know, people do like to play Flash, and I don't really know what that reason is. But now you get a reason to play it. the The thing you did ask me about was the cat oven thing. 
and I actually, as, as somebody that actually, you know, um, one of my biggest accomplishments in Magic came with the Cat Oven Mayhem Devil deck. It's like, I think that's actually a really, really good ban for the format. I think it brings up, like, it brings two things to, to me. It's like, they looked at the format going forward. An easy ban would have been like Mayhem Devil. But they, realizing that the Cat and the Oven uh, combination essentially just stifled a lot of the aggressive decks. Incidental life gain, uh, infinite blocker essentially for one creature, and um, and then also like fueling your trail of crumbs and stuff like that uh, is just like a really really big thing, and also like nullifying things like uh, stomp from uh, Bone Crusher Giant is is also pretty sweet too, or like a thing you could do. So like making it so that like it's harder for the stomp to not be nullified is also pretty good. I think overall the the cat ban is like really good because it does let people start playing aggressive decks. And I know I did just say I don't know why people would like to play Flash. Some people also don't know why you'd like to play aggro. I love to play aggro. And I think one of the biggest reasons that I hadn't been playing aggro recently and why like people started associating me with the cat oven decks is like I felt like those were the only decks that could really attack. If you were just playing creatures out and somebody decided to play cat oven devil uh claim the firstborn, you couldn't just hang with them. You would just like Oh, I'll play a one drop. I'll play a two drop. I'll play a three drop, and they're like, "All right, I'll claim that uh, after playing my devil, um, and then I'll sack, you know, I'll sack your thing and kill your little thing, and then like also like bring back my cat and then kill your other thing." And you're like, "All right, well, you nullified all three of my 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 first turns. Also, you gained some life, so you're back at like 15, and I don't have any board or cards in hand basically." And it was just like, and like now you can just kind of play aggro, and we can argue whether or not the aggro cards are like actually good. Like you're playing Scorch Spitter, which is a pretty medium card. Um, but I, I, I do think that, you know, at least you get the chance to try it and maybe, maybe like there's a better aggro deck, maybe like the one Nota deck, or maybe the, like the white weenie deck is actually good, or maybe even model green, but at least we get to try now, uh, which is like really exciting. I think something though, that when I looked at the, the banning of Cauldron Familiar was the, the only thing that stood out to me that I was kind of not salty about, but also like, really was the fact that like, oh yes, the, the deck that features the cat. Uh, has a pretty high win rate, and it uh, it limits uh, aggressive strategies. Cool, awesome. Also, our UI sucks, and uh, playing the cat uh, <laughs> takes forever for you to click through a bunch of different things. I'm like, is that really a main reason why you're why you would ban a card though? Is is and I can see that they they sort of have done that in the past with things like Nexus of Fate and other spots, and just saying clicking through all this stuff is not fun to do and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm, is that is that a main reason to ban something out though? It's more complicated than that. I don't think it's the physical dexterity of clicking through the buttons. It's the game or the experience on the other side of the field. So a really good example that's not an arena card is Mycosynth Lattice, which is a card that was banned from, I was going to say from Tron, but banned from Modern <laughs> um, and was played for by Tron. Um, and that card was banned solely off experience of the other person. Like once, so I, I won't go into what, lattice does but it basically means that you can't do anything but you're not dead and the cat was sort of like that like i could look at the battlefield and be like well conan has 12 points of damage here he just has to click 87 times in the next two and a half minutes and he'll kill his opponent but that's annoying like you just want to watch as you slowly drain one and one and one and one um and so i think it's not strictly an arena like, oh, we're banning this because of experience on arena. It's going to be like a bigger picture thing. Like that's how, that's just, you know, Nexus was the same thing. You, were, you weren't quite sure when to scoop because they didn't really have infinite, but they sort of did. Um, honestly, Breach was sort of similar, mm -hmm. like a Lotus Breach, because, you know, it wasn't quite clear they had it. In the old version of Breach, you actually did know it's one once they got a certain card, like Tomb Scour from their sideboard, it was more obvious. Um, and it's just that feeling of like, am I in this game? Am I not in this game? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think in Conanock, I'll jump to you and quick. So I think the the thing for me is that it just highlights um, stuff that really only paper can do. Because in in the other world, it would just been like you get to the point where you want to do it. Like it's usually like an end of turn effect where you kill the cat, bring it back out, and do that kind of thing. Sure. Where you would just go, okay, cool. Uh, uh, do the cat oven trigger and just boom, boom, and it's done. As opposed to click. Click, 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 that kind of thing. We called it washing the cat. <laughs> yeah, wash the cat, and you're good. Yeah. There's no there's no way in the UI to sit there and say, like, and log it like a macro and say, I'm always going to do this. Or, like, when I press this button, do these three actions to make the game speed up. It's just one of those things that we have to click through this kind of stuff. Eric, you were going to say something. 
I, I wanted to bring up a, another card that they actually had banned a long time ago. Um, it was a card called Sensei's Divining Top, and that 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 card uh, mm -hmm. basically got to pay one mana, and you got to look at the top three cards of your library, or you could like tap the top to draw to like replace the top card of your library with the top. Essentially, you draw the card that is on top, and you put the top on top. Well, the reason that they banned it in Legacy was a, a, like I mean, there was like a couple of like a combination with like it and Counterbalance, but a lot of it had to do with how the games would go. It's like so the second the top comes in, every end of turn, I'm going to activate this card. And a lot of the times when you cast a spell, I'm going to activate this card. And then I'm going to look at the top three cards of my library, right? And then I'm going to think, and I'm going to rearrange them, and I'm going to do stuff like that. So it's like, basically without like actually putting like a number on it, but you know, I'm going to do that right now for an example. It's like once I cast the top, it's like this game has lengthened by like 10 minutes, right? If we go for a long game, which is what my deck wants to do, my sensei's divining top control deck it's like i'm adding just a ton of time to this to this thing so it, it, it's like one of the cards that they banned for that reason uh quick side game show name the year sensei's divining divining top was banned in legacy 2019 eric no uh i'm gonna say 2016 rasky take a shot 1986 <laughs> so I'm, I'm aware. I'm, a, I'm aware. I'm aware. Magic wasn't invented by them, but I'm still going to say 86. Fantastic things happened in that year. Um, <laughs> it was 2017. Sorry. No way. Yeah. So sad that Eric goes. Oh yeah, a long, long time ago. <laughs> Again, it's co it's COVID years. All right. This this yeah. this this week has been the longest month ever. All right. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. just kind of how things are going right. Can I tell a story? <laughs> um, so on the weekend, I actually played Jun Food in a standard event, mostly because I like the deck and it's fun to play. And I got paired against a mono red opponent. Um, we played, we had a, you know, I had a blast. <laughs> it was pretty clear to me at no point in the match was my opponent really in it, unfortunately, just due to draws. And that matchup is actually pretty 70-30. And so... You know, it, it is what it is. I, I won round one, and my opponent and I had been speaking on melee, and they they wrote me a message. They said like, "Hey, like this is nothing against you. Like I know you're playing the deck; it's fine, but just so you know, I was never in this match, and this is why I've wrote so many emails about the interaction of card or of cat and oven and how bad it is for the game." And I, I laughed it off. I think I was on a call and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, obviously this person is very frustrated with this interaction, but I wish I'd taken a screenshot because how awesome is it that that person got the card banned? They did it. <laughs> Whatever email they were sending it to worked. And I want that email. <laughs> or did they did they send the right pizza to Watsy? That was good too. It might have been a construction sign. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. It's true. They were holding up uh, some type of boom box. A construction sign with pizza next to it. Yeah. Oh, construction oh. sign made of pizza. Oh man. Well, I guess to, to close up the, the topic a little bit is uh it, what what decks are people playing? What feels good? Uh is there a deck that you haven't tried out yet that, that you think like, oh this might have some legs too? You know, for me, uh I immediately went back to Esper Blink. It's okay. I enjoyed it, but you know, it, I, I guess losing to Fairy was kind of a problem, but still. Think twice if you're okay. <laughs> that's, that's and I did several times with Yorion. Um, and you know, it, the, I still think that there's something that Doom Foretold uh, can do in this in this format. But there's a lot of other good things out there. The one thing that I just ran into before this podcast that went, oh, well, that's a way to lose on on turn four was uh, Mardu, Mardu Winota. And so oh, they yeah. like, made a bunch of tokens. They then put out uh, Alexadon that buffed them. And then the very next, you know, with Evoke, and then the very next turn brought out Winota, and that brought out a bunch of Judiths. And I went, oh, well, I, I am dead. And I said, I don't know what that was, but I'm definitely going to find out. Yeah, that was the deck that Michael Jacob brought to the PT because it was so good against the Teamer Reclamation decks and wrote it all the way to a top eight. And then now it's just kind of become a part of the format, like, it is, it's kind of like what the White Weenie deck wants to be. And one of the things I was saying about earlier was like aggro's having such a hard time. And that's why I think it has to be three colors. Like if you get, if you want like solid card, cards throughout the, the, the thing, and then also like obviously this is the best way to take care or their take advantage of your Winota. It's already two colors, but a lot of like the things that you were saying, like the Judith and the um, general, I can't remember his Kudrow. last name right now. 
yeah, General Kudro, like those are those are going to be in like you have to splash black to get those, and then you also want like your Lazatep Reapers and stuff like that. Reavers, sorry. So that that's just a big thing that uh, that the Mardu colors give you, rather than just being like say like red white for Winota, which was like the Paw Blade deck from before. Sean, what are you what are you digging into or playing, or what are you hoping to play in the next few days? Oh, I mean, in a perfect world, they get to play blue eye control, but I don't think that's going to happen. So um, I'll probably be, I've already decided I'm going to be playing Teamer Adventures tomorrow for my mandatory arena grinding. Um, after that, I'll probably jump to the Mardu Winota deck. Um, other than that, don't really know. Maybe something cool comes out tomorrow. I do like the Is It Phoenix deck. Um, I mean, I was a huge fan of it. It did me really well when it was on paper. I mean, I won a bunch of tournaments with it, so I'm a huge fan of the Arclight Phoenix strategy, so might try to mess around with that, but right now it's Teamer Adventures all the way. Hey, I'm John, I was going to tell you, Nate Finelli uh, is a guy that shows up on my stream every once in a while. I believe they also stream. They usually like later at night or whatever. Um, they've been playing blue-white similar. He, he said similar to like Paolo's old list, I think, with like uh, Gadwicks and stuff. Yeah, and I believe my... on stream today he went like 11-0 or something. Oh, nice. So you yeah, might want to uh... check that out. Yeah, I went six and one today with uh, two main deck Gadwicks and the two main deck Planar Cleansings, and then one Jace, the four mana Jace. That when you draw zero card, when you have no cards oh. in your library, you win the game. <laughs> so I was winning with that card. So I went six and nice. one with that deck. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm gonna have to watch you play the Phoenix deck because that's just I. I have it. I opened like all these Phoenixes, and I just cannot play that deck correctly. So I'll have to watch you at some point put that thing together. Um, the only thing I hope is that you know what if just for shiggles. In uh, in the last week before the rotation, they say, "Oh, okay, we would like to make a banner restriction announcement." Um, Agent of Treachery, Called in Familiar, Field of the Dead, Fires of Invention, Gross Spiral, Oko, Once Upon a Time to Fairy, and Veil of Summer and Wilderness Reclamation are unbanned for seven days. <laughs> oh, cool. and there's no tournaments going on this weekend. Yep, no. no competitive events or anything else. It's just it's yeah. just the wild wild west. It's com- we'll call it call it anarchy. Call it anarchy and standard for seven days, and then do the rotation, <laughs> reban them, and get them the hell out. Actually, I'd probably just play Green White Adventures. That <laughs> <laughs> that deck was sweet. Well, Once upon a time, come back. Let's go. Well, if you're playing Green White Adventures, it'll certainly be an adventure for you, as Oko turns everything into a moose. And I know yeah, that. Po- like, what are you gonna do with the Raise Alarm token? Bake it better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Turn by true. one, one into a three, three. You got me. Great. All right, all right, everyone. Green White, Green White tokens. That's what. That's where we're at when we have the Anarchy <laughs> format in just a few weeks. And uh, as whether I'm going to be watching Sean and his expertise on is it on is it Phoenix and whether or not we checking out uh, Eric Stream as always or looking at Caroline just saying Oko the latter, uh, there's going to be plenty of places to find all the content that these wonderful folks make as well as uh, what they're going to be up to to get better at the game of Magic and that's what I would like to know is where can people find you at the on the internet and what are you going to be doing to get better at the game Caroline let's start with you. Oh, nice. Thanks. I was worried because you didn't ask me what I was going to play in standard, but that's fine. Oh, I thought I thought you had I thought you already jumped in. Nope, I did not. Oh, growth spiral. Let's talk about you and then I can jump back. Sorry. I saw that you were fading and I was like, oh, I thought you already talked and I jumped ahead. No, um, it's really funny because I don't have an answer. Um, <laughs> my, my plan is to explore the aggro deck. Uh, so, you know, mono green, mono black and I don't know. Oh, you know what I really want to look into? There's that one, the one mana um, friend that becomes a five five demon if it comes back from the graveyard. Arch, yeah. Yeah. So Arch I actually, I want to know if that card's good without Teferi uh, to to meddle uh, in its token ability. Uh, I'm pretty curious. So yeah. I was thinking about that as well. Uh, the one thing that I will say though, uh, the one thing that I, I came up with, I, I don't know, uh, but the adventures that had a problem with Mayhem Devil. And Archfiend's vessel has a problem with Brazen Borrower, so yeah. there might be like a there might be like a weighing point where if you can play Archfiend's vessel and Mayhem Devil, maybe you can give them enough problems where like them bouncing your five five isn't that huge of a deal. Yeah, no, so. I'm super curious. So um, that's kind of where my headspace is going to be, but it won't be in a lot of testing. It will be mostly just watching people and yelling from the Twitch chats about it. Um, and then in historic uh, pioneer or uh, historic. Uh, historic will be goblins for days and then pioneer i don't know um the so what's coming up for me in magic is not a lot this weekend um i have dreams of qualifying for an scg this weekend but there's not a lot of time left in my day so it's unlikely unless i spike uh but i could instead work on the moto stuff because there's a super uh showcase weekend this weekend 
So I might give that a go. I don't know. Basically, I'm kind of just a little bit of a loss. I have the mana traders thing to think about too. So one one thing I'm bad about is bouncing between formats. So I do need to pick a format and figure that out for this weekend. And where can oh. people find you if you're going to be doing anything? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays. I always have a magic guest, um, but we don't always play magic this week. I believe my guest is uh, will plan to be Mythic Mebo. No planned activity of what we're playing. Um, my vote will be Fall Guys, but we'll see what she's up to. <laughs> It is a fun game. I can also tell, like, you can tell that we're all just like, it's been a long day and ready to wrap up. I think Caroline summed it up best by saying, and uh, in historic, I'm going to play Pioneer. <laughs> That's the best. I was like, yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> Go to Rock, where can people find you? Uh, what are you doing to get better at the game and where can people find you doing it? Uh, so for me, for getting better at the game, uh, I'm just going to figure out standard. Today I, I hit Mythic with Teamer Adventures. Uh, I think that's probably the best deck. But... Now I want to find something that can beat it. Uh, that's been the, the the challenge. I usually play the you know I usually play what the best deck is until I can find something that just beats me over and over again. So far, nothing has. Um, and I'm so that means I'm going to probably try it myself. Uh, like I like you know before what was holding down Teamer Adventures was Mayhem Double Cat Cauldron Familiar, uh, being able to take out like Edgewall Innkeepers, keeping Lovestruck Beast at, at bay, not being able to attack. Uh, Brazen Bar was a pretty ineffective threat. They don't have really good at removal uh, for like mayhem double and stuff like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Maybe maybe Rakdos sacrifice isn't quite dead. Um, and then if you want to see me uh, either you know succeed in my my mission to beat Teamer Reclamation or you know fail or sorry Teamer Adventures or uh, fail miserably, uh, you can do that uh, Monday through Friday on Twitch.tv slash Conanhawk. And then uh, you can hear me uh, yell about it on at Twitter or on Twitter at Conanhawk. Uh, so yeah, there you go. And Sean, what are you going to do to get better at the game this week? And where can people find you doing it? You can find me playing various standard brews this week on twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed and on Twitter at Mr. Toolshed. Maybe I'll be posting my lists or something, but definitely be playing standard this week because I am bored with historic. So ready to play some standard that I've actually been enjoying recently. What about you, Brasky? I'm going to be checking out what all you are doing and trying to learn some Fun new decks while just probably still just trying to figure out ways to make anything soul tie work is probably going to be doing just any, anything in that realm is what I'm going to be doing. And of course, if people want to find me doing it, occasionally you can find me streaming on Twitch at Brasky1142, but you can also find me on Twitter at Brasky1142. And you can find out anything that we, uh, we folks at Swagoy Gaming are doing by going to swagoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com, or tweet at us about ideas that you want to see for later cast or what you're going to be playing in either historic or standard or pioneer or whatever format you enjoy. You can do that by tweeting at us at Swagoy Gaming. And, of course, we're always going to be here to chat about anything else in the world of magic and what's coming up there. And so we'll do that the next time we see you. Bye. 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 That was good. Woo. We did it.